Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me again today for the Finding Hope After Loss podcast. I wanted to thank everyone who submitted their baby's name as part of the 2023 Wave of Light reading this year. In total, I read 1,570 names, which is more than both of the prior two years. It was both a beautiful and a very heavy thing to do. To read the names of so many beautiful babies that didn't get to stay here with us. To know that each name means the absolute world to a family. Trust me, I don't take it lightly, and I am honored that you gave me the chance to read each and every name. If you would like to listen to the full reading, you can go to the Journey for Jasmine YouTube channel or listen to the special podcast episode that is on Apple or Spotify. And I do plan to do the reading again next year as well. So today I am speaking with Roz, who shares her experience of going through multiple pregnancy losses, including miscarriage, chemical pregnancy, and ectopic pregnancy. She currently has no living children. Roz is also a writer who recently released her book, which is called Phantoms, and it is available in paperback and also as an ebook on Amazon. Hello, everyone. Today I am here with Roz. Roz, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, so I said I'm I'm Roz. Uh, I'm as you may be able to tell from the UK. Um, I among various things, I am a writer, um, dog owner. Um, and I have had multiple losses at this stage. What kind of dog or dogs do you have? <laughs> um, she's a German shepherd, uh, Jessie. She's four years old. We, uh, she's a, a, a rehome, so very much not a rescue. She's very well trained, not by us. <laughs> yeah, so I know sometimes it's hard to train them. Ours is <sighs> kind of trained. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? She's kind of a mix. Like more of a, like kind of a pit bull mix. So can you tell a little bit about your last journey? Sure. Yeah. So we, so my husband and I decided to, that we would very much like to try and have a baby. Uh, that was in 2019. Uh, the first time it took us a little while to get pregnant, less than a year. Um, certainly I've, we've, we've got a pretty good fertility record at this point. So that's not something we've had to um struggle with um so in uh, august 2020 i had a miscarriage at seven or so weeks it was pretty straightforward um started bleeding and then by the time we got to a scan there was nothing to see uh very much just one of those things um keep going see what happens um so as you do we decided to keep trying uh a few months later I got pregnant again um this was beginning of uh, 2021 uh perfectly normal pregnancy very happy very pleased I mean the the normal stresses of a, a pregnancy after early loss um and then unfortunately at my 31 week appointment um, at so the GP at my doctor's 
we couldn't find a heartbeat. Um, so un unfortunately, um, we, we at that point, we didn't know that he was a boy. We were giving it a surprise. Um, so I, mean, I had to go in for an induction and our son, Sam, was born uh, at the end of July uh, in 2021. Um, and again, <laughs> No answers. We, you know, we had the full full array of tests. Uh, he had an autopsy. Absolutely nothing wrong. No, no reason why he died. Um, and certainly, since it, it was something that it was quite clear that we both wanted at our follow up appointment, the doctor said that she encouraged us to try and have more children. Um. After that, we did have a bit of a break because you, you do that after a, a later term loss. Um, so in fact, this time last year, um, I had a chemical pregnancy. Uh, you know, it, it took us only three months of trying that time, but the, the lines just never got darker. Um, <laughs> And in fact, so the next cycle, I didn't think I could be pregnant. You know, I had a period-like bleed. It was a negative test, um, but I had some brown spotting and uh, turned out I was having an ectopic. Um, so I very much had a full array of, of different losses. It's been very confusing that they've all been very different. And I mean, with that one, I there absolutely no fault with the medical team. I don't want anyone to think that uh, anyone made any wrong choices, but it, it just it shouldn't have happened that I ended up having all the treatments for an ectopic pregnancy. So with an ectopic, you can watch and wait. So they they monitor your HCG, see if it, it's going down, um, and if not, then they recommend. So either there's a shot of methotrexate. Uh, which hopefully helps you miscarry um, or the surgery. Um, I had the methotrexate, but unfortunately my tube ruptured, so I had to have emergency surgery. Uh, and that was um, July last year. Wow, so you've, you've been through so much. Just, yeah, just <laughs> as unfortunate at this point, no living children. Um, but yeah, as they say, a, a good fertility record. Have you, uh, have your doctors done any testing for you? No. Well, I mean, I, as I say, I had the full, um, all the tests that they offer in the UK, uh, through the NHS I had after Sam. Um, so, you know, I don't seem to have any clotting issues, um, I can't remember all the various things, but yeah, they, they certainly I've had tests done. Nothing has been turned up. Um, nothing, nothing to make it look like uh, there's no reason for us to that stands in the way of us potentially having children. Um, I've been seen by a recurrent miscarriage clinic, and it was basically just giving them my history, and they'll they'll look after me very closely in any future pregnancies. So they didn't like come up with a plan for you. It's more just when you get I, pregnant, call us. Pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, I, I will, I get very good care, but there, there's no, there's no silver bullet. Do you find it? I mean, I'm sure you find it frustrating to not have any answers. 
it, it's it's very it's very difficult when all you're told is it's bad luck but it it's it's really it's difficult in that yes you want to have this thing to pin everything on but then it's something to overcome it's it's tricky um right. so you know, when we were seen by recurrent miscarriage the doctor said you know I'm I'm in the business of having to give difficult advice uh, you know if I if I didn't think you had a chance I would say so you're like well I guess that's kind of encouraging <laughs> but kind <Yeah>. of not <laughs> it's it's baffling is what it is well and especially to have you know losses of different types I know did you find that you received very much support after your losses from family and friends yeah I mean Certainly, everyone says that my mom is amazing, and she is. She's she's brilliant. She's been such a great support. Um, yeah, I, I would say I've I've had pretty good support from family and friends. Um, there's been the occasional. I mean, I remember I was at family wedding, and so, well, that was it. Um, someone was pregnant, and so someone was very excitedly going around and announcing it and then once they saw me crying they they sort of had to swoop in and uh things like you know oh your time will come yeah yeah it just my time came I had a baby you just died right um so yeah that's the thing the the bad stuff sticks in your head but generally I've, I've had I've had some really good support certainly I feel like I can talk about Sam with with my loved ones, which is a huge thing. Do you share your story very often? I'm fairly public about it just because it's it's this huge part of my life now, really. And I suppose sometimes it, it can be difficult to talk about it just because, you know, people don't know you. They don't know that this this huge thing has happened um but yeah I, I try I try to be fairly open about it certainly Sam is the easiest one to talk about and I think it kind of depends on the situation too right like if people you never are going to see again ask you about it sometimes it's easier to not go into it all yes certainly which you know there's there's always the the pull on the heartstrings because you know you want to talk about your kids but also it's it's a big it's a big thing to drop into a conversation it is and it's always feeling like the guilt for not mentioning it but then the protecting yourself by not wanting to always talk about it every time (laughs) yes it's like that that tough spot to be in Mm, well I mean that's why the lost community is so great because we just we talk about our kids we know we know everyone and we know people, you know, you're Jasmine's mum. It's more, people will know you more by that than anything else. That's very true. And I, I love that. You know, it's like the one place where you can talk about them all you want without judgment. And, you know, people will remember their name. And I, I love it. Absolutely. Did you uh, find the last community shortly after your loss or was it later? It was a little bit late. It was certainly, it was after Sam rather than after the first one. Um, Certainly I didn't have an Instagram account until, until sometime during 2021. So that, that's certainly been the, the 
the key moment. That was kind of me too. <laughs> that was about <laughs> the time. I think it was like end of 2020 or something like that. But I was like, all right, I guess I need to be on Instagram. Everybody else is. <laughs> but then um, I, I did find the lost community. I was like, well, this, this worked out really well. I'm so glad to have found this. <laughs> so why yeah. do you think it's important to share your story? I mean, I think there's there's just such a sense of isolation and you feel like you're the only one in the world. And so sharing your story, there will be someone who has had a similar story to mine. There are people who've had similar stories to you. It, it Being open and honest just gives people a chance to find you, to, and it, it doesn't matter about making the connection. It's just, it's knowing that you're not the only one. Yes, I definitely agree. It, you know, even if you're, I said this before, but even if you're surrounded by all the support in the world, loss is just so lonely and so isolating at times. That's the thing. I mean, I I love everyone so much for being so supportive, but there is that thing about having a baby die inside you that only so many people know what that's like. Yeah, and I think... You know, I really do think most people mean well by what they're trying to say, but it just isn't helpful, a lot of things that they say. <laughs> yeah, and, but, and the only way that people will learn is if we talk about it. Exactly, because I agree that, you know, unless you've been through it, you really don't know exactly what it's like. You can imagine what it's like and, you know, get a general idea, but I don't think you could ever know exactly what it's like unless you've been through it. No, no. And I mean, even I'm not going to know about other people's losses and they won't know about mine. It's, there is overlap, but it's very specific. You're right. I mean, even if, even if two people have, you know, the exact same type of loss, you know, the experience is going to be different for both. Very much so. So are there any particular um, aspects of loss that you think need more attention? Um, I mean, nothing that really springs to mind. I, I think it is just sharing those stories and um, the fact that we're never going to move on. That sort of the, the hurry, the urge to just get to the happy ending. Sort of, I mean, like, I suppose it's been my particular focus, but like in fiction, sort of you read and, oh, very sad. This character has had a, a miscarriage, but we'll skip to the end. Oh, they're, they're heavily pregnant. It's all fine now. You know, pregnancy after loss yeah. is such a huge thing to go through. It really is. And, you know, I, I, I agree that, you know, most people think, okay, you have a loss then you get pregnant again and then you have your rainbow baby and then that's the end you're happy and you know life goes on but it doesn't take into account you know the people who have recurrent losses or the people who don't have a rainbow baby or choose not to try again or you know it it doesn't it's not just it doesn't all end in just one way no do you have any advice for someone who's going through a loss? Um, find people to talk to, you know, um, 
there is there is such a lot of love in this community and there is such a lot of experience and there's no wrong way to do it I suppose you you have to really appeal to your own instincts and do what feels right in the moment you know it's very easy to look back and think oh I did this wrong or or I really wish I'd done this but you're doing everything you can in the moment I mean I remember um reading something and thinking oh I wish I thought I'd do I wish I thought to do skin to skin with Sam you know he, he he was so bundled up and you know I have those pictures of him not so bundled up but at the time I really wanted to protect him he he felt so vulnerable um and it, it felt really important to keep him all swaddled up and yeah there's no going back to that moment for real but um I remember I was having counseling I massively massively uh, recommend counseling I know it's not for every a big deal for me it's been very good and what she suggested was imagine it imagine that you did that what would that feel like and you you can when you're in the right sort of headspace you can slip back into that moment um and you can have the time again you can have that time with your baby it's not the same you know we should have lifetimes with them they should get to grow up but there are ways that you can revisit those moments I love that perspective. Um, I was actually just, you know, thinking about that the other day of, I think we all have those regrets of things that we wish we had done, but we didn't know to do them at the time. No, exactly. And, you know, like, I wish I had taken her hat off or I wish I had done the skin to skin or, you know, things that I just didn't know to do. And I really, I like that, that you can at least visualize and revisit it in your mind. I, you know, it's like you said, it's not the same, but it's still a way to connect with your baby. Exactly. I mean, sometimes you can try and think back and there's this panic and you think, oh, I've forgotten this or that. But it just takes a little bit of time and you can sink back into it. And generally, hopefully you've got those things to remind you, like I have pictures of Sam up on my wall. Um, You know, he's he's very present in my life as much as possible. Did you find um, when you gave birth to him, was the hospital uh, a supportive place? They they were really good, certainly. Um, so I, I gave birth in Oxford and they have a bereavement midwife team. Uh, so that was, that was good to know it exists. I had no idea bereavement midwives were a thing. Um, it's horrible that they exist. Um, certainly it was a, a really supportive place um I mean the birth was pretty awful um you know inductions I've heard are are pretty bad it was breach which Mm -hmm. I hadn't been expecting um but certainly I will never forget the way the midwives treated Sam like he was a a living baby the um the first one um you know really made a fuss over his feet and he's got great feet they're they're really they're beautiful and big um and the way that she drew attention to them that that was huge and they had um a maternity support worker who 
kind of specialised in this sort of thing, who helped us to give him a little sponge bath and and helped us dress him. So, yeah, they they did a wonderful job at the hospital. I think that's amazing that they have a team dedicated, you know, just for that. Like you said, awful that they have to have it. But for those who go through it, those moments mean everything. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They had a little suite for us to go to with a, a proper bed and a sofa. And I mean, this was in the height of COVID. Well, not the height of COVID, but certainly covid enough that it was a question of, can my mum come um, after he was born? And and yeah, they made it happen. They She'd forgotten to bring a test with her and they administered it to her before she came in. Um, but yeah, she was allowed to come in. And that was that was really special. I sort of realized it, that I wanted someone else to be able to meet him. Oh, I'm so glad that she was able to come. COVID certainly complicated a lot of things. Definitely. Did you have to go to all of your appointments alone? Um, no, it was it was quite it it's sort of weird how weird how lucky it's been in some of the timing. Cause I remember when I had my my first ever scan, so with the miscarriage that um obviously it didn't go well, um uh, my husband was allowed to come in. And it, if it'd been a week earlier, he wouldn't. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's weird to feel grateful for that sort of thing. But uh, certainly with Sam, uh, my husband could come to all the scans, which is great. Um, and he was there at the follow-up. So I think he he chose not to come to my midwife appointments, but that's fair. Yeah, th- those are kind of boring sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, it's always good to have the boring appointments with nothing wrong, but. <laughs> yeah. So no, certainly I think if he'd wanted to come to appointments, he could have done. Did you find that um, your losses have brought you closer together with your husband? I think so. Certainly we we seem to be pretty much on the same page. Um, certainly. I always feel I can talk to him about about any of them. Um, we we tend to nickname pregnancies, which is handy because it means that all the losses have names. So it's it's quick shorthand, which is good. I love that though that they all have a name. Exactly. I mean, I I know I know some people don't name early losses, which is yeah, whatever works. Um, but certainly it's been helpful that they all had names before they went. Did you find that your husband received any support from family and friends? Less so. I mean, I, I think it's the the typical gender thing. Um, certainly I remember when I was later on pregnant with Sam, um, when he would go to the office for whatever, and certainly yeah, still mostly home-based, and people would say, oh, how's Roz? Certainly he he's the secondary. Um yeah, certainly there's there's less support for men. There definitely is. And I feel like they, they always feel like, you know, they have to be the strong one for us, but you know, they're grieving, obviously too, even if it's in a different way. Absolutely. I mean, he has had to go through some really horrific stuff. I mean, I I don't remember huge bits of labor he, he had to watch. And I mean, like when I had to have my emergency surgery with the ectopic, I think that that really rattled him. I can imagine. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's you and the baby. 
Well, exactly. Yeah, but at that point, we knew we knew the baby couldn't be saved because there's no way to save an ectopic. Um, but yeah, so at that point, he was a lot more worried about me than anything else. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add or share? Yeah, so part of what, who I am, I mean, I'm, I'm a writer, currently unpublished, but um, certainly after my first loss, I started writing a book, uh, a novel, and I put it on hold when I was pregnant again with Sam. And unsurprisingly, I started writing again after we lost him. So it's been... It's it's been a, a huge effort. Um, I spent a lot of my maternity leave writing. Um, it's been very cathartic, but certainly part of the effort was always wanting to get it out there to hopefully help other people, because there are a lot of amazing books out there uh, on baby loss, but they tend to be more memoir or nonfiction which they, they've all got their place, but certainly when I was really in the depth of that grief, I wanted to find a character who I could, um, yeah, who I could understand, who who had lived my experience, and I just couldn't find it. Um, and there have been some more, some more books out since, uh, but I, I wanted to do my own thing. Um, so we're in the, in the final stages of that. Um, hopefully I will be self-publishing sometime this year. Um, and that's sort of my contribution to the lost community. That's super exciting. Yeah, that's the thing. It's um, it's really given me the push to actually, actually do it. Because I mean, I've written a few novels before, but I never actually pulled the trigger, as it were, and, and put them out there. Well, I love that. I look forward to being able to read it when you when you get it published. I look forward to spamming everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things I'm sure, you know, quite a labor of love. That's the thing is it's the double-edged sword of, you know, you really want to get it out there and in the hope that it will help, but also it's sort of saying, give me money. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's, I... it's not, it's just <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, the, no, it, it kind it's of the way the way, world right? runs. I can't afford <laughs> to distribute it for free. Oh, I know. There's so many things I wish I could do for free that I just can't. No. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. That's yeah. Like you said, it's how it's how we have to live, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I want to thank you. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, just like with the um, the keychains that you do, it's sort of my version of that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, well, I feel weird. Like, I'm not trying to like make tons of money off of them, but you know, <laughs> I can't. Like you said, you know, you can't afford to send everything out for free, unfortunately. No, exactly. Thing, I mean, the only thing with those is I, I don't know what mine would look like in the end. It's sort of, I'm not done yet. Well, hopefully, there's more to add to that story with a with I a happy ending. Sure. I hope so very much. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. This is, this is amazing. Thank you so much, Roz, for sharing your story with us. I think stories like yours are really important to share because so often the lost parents who do not have living children, they feel left out and forgotten. 
There seems to be this narrative out there that you go through loss, you get pregnant again, you have a rainbow baby, and life goes on. But as we know, this isn't the case for a lot of people. Some people go through more loss. Some may never have a rainbow. Some can't keep trying for mental health reasons. Some can't for physical health reasons. Whatever the case may be, it's important that we acknowledge everyone in the lost community and every single journey. And let those who have not been able to have living children still have their voice heard. They are still a super important part of the community. Not everyone gets a so-called happy ending. And even those who have living children don't live happily ever after. Everyone who goes through loss learns to live with that peace missing. Learns how to carry the grief and live with the weight of the grief. And I promise, none of us ever forget our babies, no matter how our journey ends. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. If you like the show, please leave a review or a rating to help the show reach more people. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember, we are all in this together.